Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Smart Cities Chronicles, your podcast for everything Smart Cities action, investment, and outcomes. My name is Adam Beck. I am host of the Chronicles, and my day job is Executive Director at the Smart Cities Council for the Australia and New Zealand region. Uh, welcome to episode 76 of the Chronicles. Uh, today, we head down to uh, what is, from my understanding, from our guests, is a fresh chilly Newcastle uh, in New South Wales and joining me are Nathaniel and David. Good morning, gents. How are you? Great. Hey, Adam. Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to talk about uh, today uh, uh, a sort of a, a project and a program uh, which is very much relevant to our current context um, and this is being recorded in the era of COVID-19 or a, a transition out of COVID-19. So we're going to we're going to dive into some work that uh, the city has been doing. Um, this is um, uh, one of the few um, three-way conversations that we've had on the Chronicles. Uh, all have gone well to date, so looking forward to this one. Let's, um, uh, for, our, for our listeners and our viewers uh, who are scattered all over the world, who listen into the Chronicles, Nathaniel, I might start with you. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure can, Adam. Thanks. Um... Great, great to be here, first off, uh, to talk about this really important project. So um, uh, I'm Dr. Nathaniel Baventon. I am a research academic by training and now a city strategist for the city of Newcastle. Um, my day job is uh, as manager of innovation and futures. Uh, and we've got a bunch of portfolios uh, around shaping the future of, of Newcastle, around economic development, uh, our sustainability and energy innovation program, nighttime economy, but also um, a, a fair part of my of my day day to day work is uh, the smart city program. Nathaniel, can I ask um, just a, a quick follow up question for for our guests who don't know where Newcastle is? Mm. Can you tell us where it is and give us sort of the twenty five word pitch about the city? You know why people love it. Sure. Uh, so Newcastle is a few hours north of uh, Sydney, um, separated by the the Hawkesbury River. Um, it is uh, the economic and cultural capital of the Hunter region, which is Australia's most productive uh, region. Uh, we're worth around $50 billion a year in GRP. Uh, it's a city that is fantastic on the eye. It's, it's emerging uh, out of a heavy industrial past into a really bright um, and uh, future-focused and confident um, a scenario right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's got amazing lifestyle. It's got incredible... Uh, legacy and heritage of that that sort of industrial and manufacturing base and right now the whole city is moving forward into uh, shaping that up as as really a, a um a really diverse and interesting economy thanks for that and um certainly is sort of a, a, a rapidly evolving city mm. uh, david uh you're, you're you're a resident of newcastle it obviously is a great place to I'm, I'm sort of again li li live live and work um, can you can you give us a, an intro? Who who are you and what do you do? Um, so I'm I'm uh, one of the co-founders and the managing director of of, uh, of Greenbee Software. Um, our our customer portals and our portals are used by utilities and government um, to essentially um, act as their central hub for their their customers. And in this case, when we're talking about government, we we, we look at their citizens as customers of their of their city that can interact with them, that can drive. Uh, virtual and digital programs through the platform and drive behaviours uh, across the city um, and, and allow that interaction to take place um, in their own personal time. Um, my background is I actually grew up 
in the Hunter. Um, I studied at the uh, wonderful University of Newcastle, um, but uh, there weren't all that many opportunities for me um, leaving uh, leaving uh, uh, tertiary study. And uh, obviously I had to, to venture off to Sydney um, to, to find those opportunities. But we saw, as, as the sort of city has um, uh, evolved and developed, I saw this sort of change taking place. And there were so many um, amazingly talented young people coming out of the region um, and coming out of our institutions that it would be a great opportunity to sort of come back and almost bring the company back here as a, as a, as a new base although we still have a base in Sydney, um, that can really tap into a lot of that local talent and provide opportunities for, for our young people within the region. And, um, and that's, a, that's a personal goal of mine. Um, and um, it's great to see the city growing in that way. And just in terms of growing uh, the city, I'm looking up my, uh, my table here. Nathaniel, you can confirm this for me. I mean, and in, in the, in the, in sort of the table of population, I mean, New, Ze uh, New Zealand, Newcastle sits there uh, at the moment. This is telling me 2017 population. It was sitting there as number seven, seventh largest sort of city and, and region in Australia. Nothing to be sneezed at. No, that's absolutely right. Um, seventh largest. And uh, while we're, um, uh, we're in this kind of discussion, uh, second oldest. Second so, oldest. Yeah. So we have got incredible built heritage uh, and, and, yeah, a growing city. Uh, so the state government has actually just um, endorsed uh, in the last year or so, uh, the Greater Newcastle Metro Plan, uh, which is really positioning Newcastle to be the next uh, city on the Australian Eastern Seaboard that uh, gets to a million people. And, yeah. and obviously the metros need the regional and the second gateway cities to get to that scale if we're going to achieve uh, livable, livable urban environments at, at the population growth that everyone's um, looking for. Absolutely, absolutely. And for our, um, uh, for our listeners who are, uh, who are sort of in a place or a moment in time where they can access a browser, you can head to newcastle.nsw.gov.au and you can certainly jump in there and uh, read more and learn more around, uh, around Newcastle and the city and what's happening. Um, gentlemen, questions to sort of both of you, maybe David first. Um, life during this really weird, challenging time of a global health pandemic. How, David, how has it been kind of work-wise, home-wise, community-wise? What's sort of the vibe? Well, I think on the work front, um, fortunately and unfortunately, um, we've never never been busier. Um, obviously, um, with a couple of deployments that we had, City of Newcastle being one of them, but, um, but we have a lot of our customers that are sort of lean and then a lot of our partners that are really leaning on us um, to provide more digital and virtual solutions to them to uh, allow them to interact with their, with their customer base um, or, or citizen base and really, really underpin a lot of those conversations as a, as a, as a source of truth. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we're aware of sort of social networks and what have you, but people really look to, to the city and, and, and their brand as, as being able to do that. Um, on the personal front, um, it's been quite challenging. Um, I think um, running a technology company fully remotely, um, having staff spread out um, across New South Wales and also uh, within Queensland as well, um, that's been challenging, but um, I think we've been technology first um, uh, from the start. 
Um, I think uh, the most challenging part was being a parent uh, and having to homeschool children uh, uh, whilst also um, caring for your staff and uh, and your customers and your partners, which is probably the most challenging component. Uh, I don't think um, I've ever lived through anything like that, apart from having newborn children. Yeah. Um, um, and having three at the same time is, uh, is obviously a challenge. Um, but um, I think there was a sense of relief once, once they uh, finally went back to their normal social lives uh, and we were able to, to get a bit of respite. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think certainly the, uh, the, the the sort of the hockey stick growth in sort of video conferencing made us all a little bit more human, you know, when the sort of toddlers in the background and um, yeah, you know, things like that. People out on the out on the back deck with the bird chirping. Uh, Nathaniel, how did how did things sort of pan out for you and and also for the city? I mean, how mm. was the transition to sort of like overnight kind of lockdown work from home? if you reflect back, you know, on the last sort of two to three months, kind of what were the, the, the key observations, reflections that you'd make? Uh, yeah, I, I can vouch for the, I've also been living the, um, the work from home homeschool dream. Uh, so that, that's been a mission. Uh, look, there, there's no doubt that um, COVID's had a, a devastating impact on, on the city uh, and it really drove the need to act quickly uh which is i think really a very interesting space for a local government to move into because you know we're um everyone speaks the language of of flexible and agile but uh when we're honest uh, mm. local governments uh, are not built that way uh but this really forced us to rethink a lot of processes overnight um so um similar to david our, our team's been fully online and virtual uh which has had pros and cons um a, a lot of uh, i think a lot of people will discover a vast number of meetings that they attended that uh, that didn't really need to happen. Uh, and that's probably a benefit going forward. Uh, actually, in, in our favour as an organisation, the City of Newcastle just moved to an all-new uh, administration centre in October last year. And what came with that was a whole new digital uplift in technology and our ways of working. Mm -hmm. uh, so when, when COVID hit, actually, everybody had their own personally issued laptop and headset. They just went home. Yeah. Um, so that, that was amazing. Uh, amazingly fortuitous timing. Mm. Um, so my, um, my my team's been really uh, heavily involved in leading the community and economic response to, to COVID, which has been uh, a, a super interesting but really challenging set of tasks. Yeah. Uh, we, we haven't had the, um, uh, I mean, it's been devastating impact on a lot of industry sectors, arts and, arts and culture, tourism, recreation events, so, you know, just fell off a cliff overnight. Small business sector heavily impacted, of course, uh, but we've um, we haven't had the impact of some of the other cities that were so heavily reliant on uh, tourism or or events, for example, uh, some further up the coast. Um, so it's been a challenge, um, but we're working through it. Well, Nathaniel, would you say that um, oh, it, it's escaping me now? I remember a very well-known program. Um, led by Mark, was it Marcus? Uh, oh, uh, Renew Marcus, Newcastle. Renew Newcastle. Yeah. Mm. So w w would you say that kind of, you know, Newcastle's had some knocks in the past that's made oh, you yeah. a little bit sort of tougher and resilient? I mean, did, did that did that kind of help? Yeah. So we, um, yeah, that, that's absolutely the case. And, and Newcastle is a place that does it for itself. Mm. And uh, people just um, will pitch in. And, and that's actually some of the underlying DNA and ethos that Lean In Nui brings to bear that we want to talk about later. Mm. Uh, look, earthquakes, um, 
devastating floods that are beaching, you know, coal ships on our mm. city beaches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we've seen it all, BHP closing in terms of the major industrial base and, this, and the super employer of the city uh, packing up and leaving around the turn of the millennium. So we've, we've had three or four or five of these kind of um, city-wide, economy-wide impacts in the last few decades. So we're a little bit practised at banding together uh, and we're very collaborative people by nature. Um, so that has stood us in, in good stead. And when we talk a bit later about our COVID response, um, one of the things that uh, that I'll mention is that a city task force, which is we, we've brought together all the leaders of the city, CEOs from across 20 different organisations to sort of not just limit the uh, the depth of the crisis where we can, but also to think strategically about this and how mm. we come out of, you know, come out of the recovery in, a, in the best position we can. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, l- last question before we do dive into sort of the, the topic we're here to talk about. Um, you know, there's a number of um, big questions being asked now. Things like, uh, will we work from home more? Um, the one that's really interesting for me that I'm observing is, um, and we're starting to see it sort of in mainstream media as well, is sort of, is now the time for that sea change or tree change? You know, sort of get out of the city, you know, set up set up home and the family in sort of a, a rural or regional area. Now that we know that, oh my God, we don't need to sort of travel everywhere physically in person. We can actually do this and boundaries are sort of been rubbed away a little bit. Um, you know, I have a couple of friends who, who live in Newcastle, recently moved to Newcastle, you know, out, out of Sydney. Um, the real estate's a bit more favorable, favorable on the hip pocket. Um, and you know what, it's a damn nice place. Are, are you, have you got any sense of kind of um, any, any, greater level of stickiness of potential new you know new sort of residents coming in as a result of sort of what we've all experienced is that sort of an issue that's on the radar at all yeah it's um it's front and center adam like um so we've we've been the city's been working for for many years around how we make ourselves an attractive location for talent and business Mm. and um you know off the back of uh, about a billion dollars of investment into uh, new transport networks and public infrastructure by the state government we've seen billions and billions of dollars of, of new commercial and residential development growing our city uh, population. So I think that that trend was already uh, on the way. Um, I hope that COVID will accelerate it. We actually just had a, a report released yesterday um, from the Regional Institute of Australia that identified that uh, Newcastle is the uh, is number two in terms of attracting millennials out of metros, mm. um, second only to Gold Coast, uh, taking 6.7% of the share. So we knew anecdotally that was happening. Uh, We've got a lot of people like David who are bringing their scale ups back to Newcastle. Um, We've got our startups uh, are growing and are are attracting um, venture capital from from around the world. So there's a really amazing scene growing here. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's maturing. It's nowhere near what it's going to be. But some of those strategic pieces um, that are longer term have fallen into place while COVID has been impacting us all actually. So we had uh, the announcement of the special activation precinct around the airport as a defense and aerospace innovation cluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's already a huge number of um, uh, aerospace and defense primes up there, BAE, Boeing, et cetera. Um, but that's a really important nod for the state government around what the future of this place looks like as an advanced manufacturing base. Uh, similarly, uh, announcements around 
the John Hunter Hospital's innovation precinct, about a billion dollars going in there. Uh, and the University of Newcastle coming into the city centre uh, with their innovation hub and creative industries facilities uh, breaking ground in the last few weeks. So there's, there's all these kind of long-term pieces that are really starting to come into play. And, and our strategy has always been that if we position Newcastle with all of its natural advantages as a confident, future-focused, smart city, uh, that will will attract that talent. And it was great to see in that report yesterday that uh, that's coming to fruition. Yeah. Uh, David, uh, I, I, I know you're biased. I mean, can, can, you, can you vouch for this? I mean, you know, I suppose technically you could have gone anywhere, right, as a scale-up, you know, really trying to, you know, build market share and, and, and you know, in, ensure sort of pipeline of opportunities and business development. I mean, you know, maybe a regional sort of, you know, place outside of a major CBD is would not naturally be the first place and, and come to mind. But, you know, how, how much of what Nathaniel sort of says, you know, really what was the driver for, for you guys to bring the company back there as a HQ? Well, I'd, I'd been coming back to Newcastle to visit family after living in Sydney for over 15 years. Um, and um, I, I, as I mentioned, I, I studied here and I, I grew up here. Uh, I know how passionate the community is for uh, the city and the region. People really bleed Newcastle and, and the Hunter. Um, so I guess that's what's kept them here and kept them um, extremely resilient through all of these uh, disasters, natural disasters, industry disasters um, over many decades. Uh, but people still have a passion for the region and, and they they just get on with it. Um, and for us, um, I, I or for myself, I really see the region starting to change between 2000 and 2010 and 2015. It started to really ramp up and become really exciting. Um, and I saw the population starting to grow and I saw the talent um, there that was coming out of the university. And obviously, you don't have, when you're talking about startups and, and, and new companies, well, it doesn't have to be technology companies, but any company really, um, you're really looking at a couple of things, a couple of fixed factors that don't work in your favour in a big city. Um, those things are the cost of living expenses, um, salaries. Um, you know, you have a lot of distractions as well. Uh, I, I found for myself in particular, you're, you, as Nathaniel sort of said, you're taking meetings for the sake of taking yeah. meetings rather than mm -hmm. focusing on on your core sort of work or focusing on on the people that you're trying to serve. Um, so it really helps from a productivity perspective and really brings teams closer together. And we've seen that across um, many other different um, uh, regions, especially in the United States. You know, we don't have the most populous cities being their, their hubs in Los Angeles or, or New York. You have places like Austin, you have places like really? Seattle, you have places like Washington State where, where, where Microsoft's based. Um, and we really saw the potential in Newcastle as becoming a real tech hub or innovation hub um, that is going to draw a lot more talent into the future uh, and really invest a lot of IP within the population here. Um, so that, that was my um, uh, vision that I sort of saw playing out and it was the perfect sort of step um, from being able to, to, to make that transition and sort of grow along with the city. Mm. It also helps when you, when you've got sort of a, a city and a, and a city leadership that are sort of laying the table out, you know, in, in a, in a sort of future forward sense with, you know, a, a technology and data sort of underpinning. Um, and, and Nathaniel, let's, let's turn there. So let's quickly for our listeners, um, 
do a rapid backstory here. Um, and, and again, for those listeners in front of a browser, just Google Newcastle Smart City and you'll start to sort of see what, what's happening down here. So um, your Smart City agenda is, is, is sort of uh, off and running. I want to kind of count down, um, you know, leading up to probably March, you know, I want to sort of get an understanding of, so lean in Newey, you know, little, where, where the sort of the, 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 where it germinated and then it grew. So sort of February, you know, January, February, we're hearing about, you know, a virus and sort of March, you know, the crunch really starts to come. Nathaniel, give me, give me a, uh, give us our listeners a sense of um, when and where did the lean in Newey kind of idea generate? Talk us through that. What was happening and where were you and, and who was involved? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. It's um, there's some pretty um, quick decisions made back in that time. Uh, um, yeah, look, so obviously the, the crisis uh, hit and, and my, my team, the, the smart city team was really asked to um, very quickly decide what we could park as business as usual uh, and uh, pivot into building the community and economic response for the city. And, and that was uh, not just my team, but an interdisciplinary team, but uh, we led the strategy. And um, so that was really interesting in terms of the smart city program, what continued, we had a, just a few infrastructure works that were in flight that we just kept laying uh, around EV and our expansion of our fiber networks, et cetera. But um, really we stopped everything else on a dime. Uh, and the whole team just started to think about, well, what is the nature of this challenge? Uh, how is the community and the economy going to be uh, impacted? And what are we going to do about it as a city? Uh, so in a very short period of time, we pulled together what's now known as the Community and Economic uh, Res Resilience Package. Uh, and that was endorsed by council very quickly, $5.5 million uh, supported. Uh, and uh, that had about 11 or 12 different programs in it. Really, our ambition was to, uh, for the whole package, was to, um, I guess, cushion the blow where we could. Mm. Uh, so there are a number of initiatives around, you know, rate relief and, you know, we, we cut rents. All those early levers yeah. that you can pull. Yeah. Every, everything we could in that space. Um, uh, we stood up very quickly some rapid response grants that pushed about $800,000 out into the community sector, those on the front line who were, you know, seeing uh, the need to rapidly scale uh, their service or, uh, or pivot. Uh, and some really great stories came out of that about um, things that could, um, you know, really, um, really expand their capacity to support our most vulnerable populations through this. Uh, we laid down a few strategic tracks like the city task force I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. and that's given birth to four different work streams around industry response, around data and analytics, uh, around uh, an industry grant program and around a skills and retraining program. Uh, but we really wanted to make our community, we wanted to put the community in the community and economic response. Uh, and so, the, the germs of Lean In started, uh, I guess, with uh, an understanding that uh, what could we do to really harness the immense goodwill that's in the community in a time like this, particularly in the Newcastle community, as David said, we bleed, we bleed here and, and collaborations in our DNA. And uh, we know from past experience that when these kind of um, dramatic disruptions or crises can, can happen, and we saw it only recently with the bushfires, of course, feels like that feels like a lifetime ago right? mm, bushfires mm. 
that was that was like five months ago. Yeah. Um. So you know, people people want to help, but sometimes they they just don't know how to help. They don't know how to help strategically. They they're well intended, but they don't know where to put their effort. Um. So we wanted to do something quickly uh, that would help guide and harness all of that community goodwill. I was very conscious from the very beginning that the material we were working with was people's own desire to help. Uh, so, and so, so, so it starts as a community engagement, social kind of uplift idea. Yeah, it's, I guess it's really about how do, we, how do we channel people to the place where they can help the most that that's right now I, we'd actually um looked into uh green bees uh, platform in, in the in the past uh, around another project idea so i was aware of what it did and um i'm a big fan of behaviorally economics as a as a strategy mm. so i knew that uh, that david had baked in a lot of the theory into how the platform operates um so yeah we, we we got them in and we sort of i guess it was a real sanity check to begin with is this something that you have the capacity to deliver in the time scale that we're talking about uh and they said yeah let's do it uh and um and the rest is history we got started and really recompressed in my view probably four or five months david of dev into six or seven weeks it was yep. pretty hectic yeah so, so, so for our listeners uh, if you're in front of a browser lean in newy.com.au l-e-a-n-i-n-n-e-w-y.com.au you'll get onto the platform. Um, it's also in, in app format as well. Um, we'll. We'll come back to that. David, um, over to you. Um, this, this, this opportunity, you know, is, is now there. I'd imagine like a, like a, a good provider of solutions. Yes, we can do that. Uh, <laughs> talk me through talk me through the first whiteboarding session in the office like well uh, I, I wasn't actually a part of that but our, our team or our project leaders were um and um i think one of our strengths is is real collaboration and listening and then you throw in a lot of hard work um into that as well and people just push through and you know i've seen it time and time again we we don't take our foot off the accelerator pedal and we we want to deliver the best solution that we possibly can that make people happy um, and make our partners really happy and we're not willing to to quit or or stand still until we get to that point in time um, and i think that's just um, how a lot of people in this region are there's there's a lot of um, people that are very uh, focused on their craft, whether you talk about trades or innovation or industry, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, uncut gems, if, if you want to uh, call them that. that. Um, and um, I think that, you know, we, we need to do better to sort of showcase a lot of the amazing talent that's here. I know that, that the, the metro cities and the Sydneys and Melbourne get a lot of the spotlight and the glitz and the glamour, but there is so much um, happening um, up here from the innovation front um, and the, the things and the innovations and the solutions that can come out of here that um, I think we really uh, uh, are starting to a, a really great job of telling those stories um, and, and, uh, and shining the spotlight more outside of these, um, these major capital cities. Um, yeah. So, so David, I'm on the website here. How, lean in newy works you create account you sort of it says next you pitch in you use your skills and time to help support your community you can earn rewards city of newcastle can then come back and assist local businesses 
paying for the value of redeemed discounts. So what I'm seeing here is I'm seeing a crowdsourced pitch in, help your neighbor kind of thing on top of a economic stimulus sort of, you know, play as well. Can, can you sort of, in your words, uh, what, does the, what does this do? David. I, th I think it gives I think it gives citizens um, or the city's customers the opportunity of interacting with that city and their programs in a digital and virtual way, whether around volunteering or health and well-being, um, uh, sustainability, and essentially a lot of these programs that required some level of face-to-face -face, uh, or workshops in the past can now be delivered in a more virtual and digital fashion. Um, and underpinning that is essentially the city, which is the, the, the shock absorber for, for continuing on with that confidence that people need during a crisis. Um, that um, also features that, that level of interaction with the local economy through the, the marketplace and the, the business portals that, um, that um, local businesses um, uh, are allowed to sort of create to drive foot traffic through their venues um, that is all underpinned by, by council in this instance. So it's essentially a city connecting businesses and citizens and also the city together and all interacting as one on one platform and application. I, I love this idea of building stronger digital relationships between the city community and business, because I've, I've seen firsthand, um, and spoken to cities that that just have have no digital relationship and you know when we had to all spin on a dime when kind of you know everything shut down immediately um being able to just have that basic communication at times was just was just such a struggle um nathaniel can you give us a sense so pre pre-covid pre lean in newey what kind of did you have in place? What was that digital relationship between community, city and, and, and business sort of, you know, how much was this zero to a hundred kilometers in five seconds, or you, you had something in place. This is sort of augmenting what you have. What, what was the gap analysis there? Yeah, we, um, we already had a pretty sophisticated bunch of digital communication platforms with our community, um, various ways to sort of, you know, engage and consult around different different strategic work or, or civil um, projects that were underway, etc. Um, but we were really looking for something a bit different here. And for me, uh, what Lean In does, it, it turns on this mechanism of the challenge, right, which is about that the city can strategically issue activities and mm -hmm. people can opt in to, to do them. Uh, and through that, we generate uh, a whole amount of social good and community connection and community uh, goodwill. And the icing on the cake is the, the way that this particular platform then connects that back as an economic stimulus and mm -hmm. really hats off to my, to my leadership, the Lord Mayor and the CEO to support the idea that we would underwrite this in terms of rebating the cost of offers for local businesses. What it means really, if you want to simplify it down to an equation is that for every dollar we put through it, we generate X amount of community activity and then the community matches that dollar yeah. into the till of the small business. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really um, a quite elegant machine for doing a number of different strategic objectives simultaneously. So we really love it uh, for that. And the, the organization is really excited. We've, we've just pulled together a, 
network of um, challenge authors internally. Uh, we see a lot of future for this around, uh, as Dave mentioned, health and wellbeing, around our sustainability agenda, which is uh, enormous and critically important this decade, as we all know, um, around community engagement, uh, community development, around our innovation space. Uh, we're looking at uh, the capacity to issue challenges to people to participate as beta testers in innovation trials. There's any number of things that you can that you can do to really um, to, to leverage this in, as a as a way to to drive activity. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's quite genius to be honest. And I, I the first thing I ask myself is, I mean, this is so, you know, post COVID nineteen relevant as well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, Dave, did, did you know what you had here in terms of sort sort of like a, a core? engine or architecture of what this thing is i know you, you know green bee's been around for eight years but i mean did you imagine kind of it going to a place like this no uh, i don't think any of us did um i think um to be perfectly honest uh, i've got to tip my hat to, to nathaniel and his team um they really saw it coming before any of us did um and um uh, i guess they showed us new use cases for our solutions uh, that we hadn't even thought of before, um, especially around the side of volunteering and what have you. You know, the functionality has always been there, uh, but how you exploit it and leverage it has been something that I think it takes um, individuals that have a problem to solve and, and how they can try and solve that problem using technology by layering that technology on top of that problem so um, you can you can leverage the efficiencies that come with with technology to do that, which everyone needs at the moment. Um, so our our focus um, has always started off with government, but as we've sort of entered into the realm of utilities and and energy efficiency and demand management for both energy and water, um, you know uh, we we've been focused on those. But I think that we can take a lot of the learnings that we have from Lean and Newey in how. Yeah, we can make those experiences around other resources within utilities uh, a lot more engaging uh, to have more people participating um, in in programs that um, that their service provider um, offers to them. Nathaniel, uh, I often, of course, hear a lot of commentary around smart cities and the use of technology and data and vendors just trying to sell widgets, you know, for the sake of sales. Um, can you give me um, uh, anything that resembles your, um, uh, your, your, your goals or the framework by which you're going to view this successful or not? You know, you know how do we know this is or this becomes successful? What, 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 what mechanisms have you got in place to sort of go, you know what, tech and data, it really helped us this time. Mm. It was really, really valuable. Yeah, that, that's a great question. So we've got the, I guess, the, the raw metrics of you know users on uh, challenges completed, uh, businesses onboarded, um, but for me it goes a lot deeper than that. We've got a um, some pre and post survey questions that we've been able to to put out to gauge our sort of uh, the community sentiment around pro-social behaviour. And mm -hmm. I think that one thing that COVID is doing is really, uh, while it's um, been a step change in in the growth of digital and virtual, it's also really brought home the value of face-to-face -face social connection, right? So uh, I would really hope that as a society going forward that we really value that a lot more. And a lot of what Lean In does is it really gives you a set of avenues about how you can engage with your 
local neighbourhood and that might be local shops, it might be the elderly person down the street who just needs a conversation, it might be mowing your neighbour's lawn. You know, there's, there were 50 challenges on Go Live and there's another 20 coming in the mm. next week or so and there's going to be, you know, 15 to 20 a month into the future because it's so, such a Swiss Army knife of possibilities. Um, but we've got this, uh, I think, to, to a deeper level, we, we've got a philosophy about how we approach... Uh, our smart city infrastructure and it's called well we've got a number the two relevant here are city is an experimental platform which is our whole living lab philosophy around uh, we try things here and we it's okay to um, to get it wrong and to learn and to move on and, and reiterate but the very relevant one is this notion of uh, city as a shared digital infrastructure uh, so we have architected all of our smart city platforms from our IoT networks, LoRaWAN, our smart pole sensor labs, um, all of that, including our city app and now Lean in you, has been built in a way that lets other people in the city layer on top of it. We're trying to create platforms that are suitable for other people to work with us to keep building capability and expand functionality and therefore expand value. Uh, so with Lean In, for example, we've got uh, currently about 15 community organisations who are issuing challenges to their, you know, to their service um, areas via the app. Uh, and we're in return steering volunteers to those, those organisations. Uh, and, and that's not going to stop. We're talking with the University of Newcastle about how we can use it to introduce new international students to the city. You know, there's any number of things that are, are possible once you open that that Pandora's box about thinking genuinely collaboratively around co-design of open architectures of, of digital platforms. It's, um, it's the 21st century. It's, uh, it's time that we all are thinking this way um, every day in, in everything we do. So in that vein, Dave, um, sort of ease of use, um, usability, I'm a bit, you know, hypothetical, I'm a business in Newcastle. I want to sort of c come into this, engage with this. Uh, I mean, what, what, what's, what's sort of the, the, the pathway for me? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've made it sort of quite simple. Can you talk us through how sort of our, you know, the, the small to medium enterprises, you know, who are yep. really hurting that we really need to get engaged? What, what's the experience for them? So um, when we press the button on the go live, we have a bit of a team and a playbook in terms of recruiting and onboarding of those businesses, essentially starting, starting the wheels, getting the wheels in motion um, and onboarding them. Obviously it's a foreign sort of thing in terms of government offering uh, my local government offering me a platform that will allow me to create um, offerings for my business that will drive foot traffic through my doors um, and allow me to make that connection. Um, and to promote myself to um, to their resident base, um, it's something that seems so um, so glaringly obvious, but um, has never really been done before. Um, but I think it's an important service that can be offered to to local businesses. And as we started to ramp up, we had more and more. I think we had around uh, twenty five or thirty that were onboarded that were really well known we're not just talking about the local sort of uh, corner store. We're talking about really high caliber, well-known, you know, two hat restaurants um, um, uh, and very well-known local eateries um, or other types of venues that were onboarded at the start. And they were all for it um, because they saw the potential in, in being able to tap in 
to to um, to that local resident base and local audience that uh, that the city could provide them. So it was extremely powerful for them to say, actually, uh, my city is actually doing some great stuff in terms of being able to help us through this crisis, um, and and that's by leveraging technology and giving them more technology to sort of use to to bring the community and bring the city together, and and more services for them. Dave. Um... So last round of questions now, I, I want this to, you know, as much as possible, be a little bit more personal and reflective. Can, can you give me a sense of what the, the rest of 2020 and a little bit beyond might look like for you guys? What, what are you, what are you getting excited about? Give me, give me some optimism about the next little while in your world. Well, I think for me, um, Lenny New has gotten me pretty excited because I think um, I think we're learning a lot from the team in the City of Newcastle. We've worked with a lot of uh, local governments in the past, uh, but I haven't seen anything in terms of the passion and the innovation that's coming out of Nathaniel's team in terms of the ideas um, that ultimately help us improve our solutions uh, and how we how we serve um, our government sort of customers and we we're looking forward to continuing that journey as we build um, those ideas out into our into our solutions and our platforms um, because it really takes a lot of those ideas and a lot of those problems to to then um, uh, mold them into the digital sort of solutions that you can bring to life and so it's that real collaborative sort of effort in that regard um, so, so there's a lot of hard work um, <laughs> that's sort of um, on, on the horizon. Uh, hopefully a holiday to Queensland would be nice uh, <laughs> if you'd be kind enough to, 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 let, us, to let us in, um, you know, and, and soak up a bit of that, that sunshine. But look, we're, we're very blessed to be in uh, a region such as the Hunter that has so much to offer. I mean, mm. we're not really missing out on all that much. So it's, it's a, I guess it's a per perfect location to be under quarantine in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and Nathaniel, what, what's sort of exciting you over the next little while? Uh, so that community and economic response work is starting to, to tail off in terms of the immediate needs. And there's a couple of really important ongoing projects that are very long-term and strategic uh, around um, particularly city data and, and reskilling. But look, to be honest, I've been really enjoying in the last few weeks getting back into my uh, regular program. You know, there's a, a lot there, uh, nine different programs um, that, that uh, are years in the making that we know and love around our city infrastructure, um, the, the smart city networks and our digital platforms. Uh, but we've got a couple of really big pieces uh, underway right now. One is um, we're just working on our new climate action plan, which is really going to set our goals for the next five years around how we uh, get our emissions under control and do our part globally. Um, uh, we've got some really genius team members that are leading that sustainability work. Uh, and that's f fascinating. We're also completely rebooting our city economy um, strategy uh, in the next 12 months too. So these are really important uh, strategic pieces for how the smart city work is carried forward in different uh, strategies. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, internal engagement in the pipeline around how we set up internal innovation challenges and pilot programming uh, to really open up uh, the use of the city, you know, turn the organisation inside out and connect it up mm. uh, with, with industry. Uh, and we're also about to um, get our, our living lab framework really in flight. Uh, and, and this is an industry attraction piece. Um, and we can talk about that at a later date. I'd love to, um, to share uh, with you what's going on there. 
but so we, so we've got some really exciting um, work that's that's continuing and and some new pieces around lean in and this this genuinely um, collaborative approach to city data that's come out of the city task force that for the first time is is going to really be around it's it's beyond just people saying let's share data okay mm. we've got the portals we've got the platforms we've got the frameworks let's do it and let's build a legacy resource out of this crisis mm. that is going to set us up for local analytics and insight into the future so a lot of exciting work and my team's growing they're all superstars it's an it's an amazing place to be yeah absolutely well gentlemen thanks um thanks so much for carving out some uh, some time in your very busy schedules at the moment uh it's been a pleasure to uh talk with you today thanks thanks adam, adam. it's been really great yeah, uh, and for our listeners, uh, so that's been uh, David uh, Katalovsky from uh, Green Bee and Nathaniel Babington from Newcastle City Council. The city is Newcastle, a couple of hours, I think, north of uh, Sydney that many of our list would, listeners would be familiar with. Um, whilst we, uh, at the tail end of that conversation, was talking about a particular program and, and, and sort of solution, of course, as we discussed, the table had been well set in terms of the city uh, having a very solid foundation with respect to uh, embracing and valuing uh, the role that technology and data can play in advancing uh, broader outcomes across the community and business. Uh, certainly a, a, showca a showcase exemplary uh, smart city um, uh, sort of exemplar that we would uh, certainly point to. For those of you that are listening and not subscribing to the Chronicles, you can do so. Um, head to wherever it is you get your podcasts from we're on most platforms or you can head to our website uh, our website is smartcitieschronicles.com all our episodes are there my name is adam beck host of the smart cities chronicles we look forward to bringing you another episode very shortly uh, stay safe stay well and uh, optimistic we'll talk to you again soon